This is Yellow Bee Pod. If you've listened to Yellow Bee Pod before, welcome back. Thank you for checking us out again. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm Natalie, and this podcast is all about East and Southeast Asian diaspora. In this episode, I'm going to be chatting to one of my mates, Jimmy Newin. He works as a pharmacist in South London. It's a bit of a serious topic this time as we're talking about being a frontline worker during this COVID-19 pandemic. We talk about stockpiling and PPE and grocery shopping. We also talk about disinfecting our post uh, positive vibes for lockdown blues. And we also touch on my favourite topic of broccoli. (laughs) Before we get stuck in, if you're worried about your health, please don't take medical advice from this podcast. Follow the medical and government advice in the country that you're listening from, please. Also, follow this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at yellowbeepod. I would love to hear your thoughts about stockpiling, how you've been doing your grocery shopping, and if you're an essential worker as well, um, would love to hear about your experiences. So yeah, find us on Twitter and Instagram at yellowbeepod. Or if you prefer, you can email me at yellowbeepod at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. And it's sunny today, so everyone's in a good mood. <laughs> I'm a um, British-born Vietnamese pharmacist. That's what I gotta say, you know, a pharmacist in this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And your parents, they spent some time living in Hong Kong, didn't they? So they speak Cantonese, like me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what the situation was, but I think it was like in the 70s or 80s, they uh, they moved to Hong Kong for, I think, about a couple, for a couple of years. Yeah. And they have to learn Cantonese just to get by in the country. Then uh, we, they migrated to the UK, I think around in the 90s. Thus, I was born. <laughs> and now you live in South London. Yeah, South East London, repping. Um, yeah, it, it's a, I don't know what my life would be like if I was born in Hong Kong. Probably I know, probably know a bit of Cantonese, but unfortunately I don't. So I've brought you onto the podcast today um, to talk about what it's like being a pharmacist, a frontline worker, especially in the middle of this coronavirus, COVID-19 madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Life before the pandemic was quite stressful as a pharmacist. It's like double-edged sword, but now it's just heightened because everyone's bored and coming in. So a lot of queries about, do you have this? Do you have that? Do you have any face masks? Do you have any paracetamol? Where all our stock is like depleted because everyone's panic buying. Then you get like the really abusive people like, oh, why don't you have in stock? Uh, why, why can't you order more? I work on Sundays only and we don't get any post or deliveries on Sundays. I keep telling everyone, you know, you got, you have to come early to buy the things you need, but also is a one item per customer limit, which they can't grasp the idea. I've had people shout and abuse at me because, oh, I need to buy more so I can stockpile. I was like, you need, you don't need to stockpile. Everyone thinks about themselves and not about the others. Wow, that's deep. And we should say that we're recording this in mid-April. So Yeah, mid-April. Today is the 19th of April that we're recording this. And I think it's worth saying the date because things have been moving so quickly. And by the time people mm. are listening to this, it could be a completely different situation for the better or yeah. the worse. So uh, let's go back to the beginning when, um, you know, before this whole pandemic started. So when this whole traction began around, I think, I believe January, a lot of people were panic buying. 
uh, and a lot of people were coming into pharmacies trying to order the prescription early. And that caused a huge mess because the, the whole pharmacy store was just packed full of people. Social distancing rules weren't implied yet. There's a lot more abuse. Uh, we're getting short-staffed, long waiting time and people complaining that the waiting for too long. That was around, I think, mid-January. Uh, I can't remember when the rules were in place about social distancing. I think about early Feb. By then, people still weren't following. Our stores were still quite full. It was quite dangerous. And I think the rule of if you have any symptoms like coughing, you're meant to stay home. And because of that, a lot of our staff members started presenting with the symptoms and were getting short-staffed. So that poses a problem. Then a lot of people are complaining like the waiting time's even longer. It can be overbearing mentally and physically. I'm surprised to hear that people were stockpiling all the way back from January because from my point of view, in January in the UK, people weren't really taking it that seriously and it actually wasn't until mid-March that I felt that Mm. there were real changes here in London. Back in January when you say people were stockpiling their prescriptions was Mm. that existing prescriptions or Covid related? It was repeat prescriptions because most of people on on repeat prescriptions are vulnerable patients so that's quite understandable where they don't want to go out at all but there are other things that people are panic buying like especially face masks a lot of people were requesting face masks from my store, even though we don't stock any face masks. If you go to any other pharmacies, like I've tried to go to other pharmacies to get a face mask, they've been out of stock since, well, mid-January. Then by February, the face mask in like nail salon supply shops start selling out as well. Uh, they're just buying bulk. In terms of paracetamol, they started going out of stock, of, I think around mid-Feb. Yeah, mid-February, that's when they started uh, going out. Well, credit to those people for having the foresight to get their repeat prescriptions and also to start mm. buying face masks early. I've never really, I didn't even know that pharmacists stock face masks. And we're talking about the ones that you wear over your mouth, not the ones that you use for better skin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends on what pharmacy you go to. Like if you go to independent pharmacies, they most likely stock face masks, eye patches. Whereas if you go to a big chain store, uh, you will see just health related uh, consumable products as well as a lot of beauty products in the big chains and a lot of nail salons that i know and love are run by vietnamese people mm-hmm. and they always have face masks when they're serving customers don't they yes but are you saying now that they don't have that anymore i have friends uh who works in the nail business when the, f- the supply shops was, uh, have ran out there was a limited amount of face mask in uh, nail salon shops so they were really really scared they might run out and they might have to go through other means or buy the product at really extortionate prices. Uh, but now because of the pandemic rules of, you know, all non-essential businesses have to close, it's not a problem anymore because no one's going to get the nails done. Plus I've, I've seen some nail shops are, you know, actually still buying face masks at extortionate prices as well as making them and donating them to the NHS. So that's, that's all right. Yeah, that's good. I saw that, um, different NHS trusts and hospitals were doing different things to source and procure like necessary medical equipment, including getting in touch with Mm. nail salons, spas, hairdressers, local colleges, basically anywhere where they could have the right sort of gloves and masks. Mm. And I also saw a tweet, wow, this is (laughs) really crazy. Um, There's a website that, (laughs) I don't even know if Mm. I should say this, the website that specializes in like 
medical role play in like a sexual setting oh <laughs> their usp something that they were really proud of and put on their like social media was that their mm. fancy dress stuff was actually medical grade and they actually ended up sending wow. that to a hospital it, as long as it's sterile and clean it's still useful well i assume it's not used i assume it's new i'm assuming it's not used as well but i've seen um somewhere online that like a medical show like scrubs or something they still had like medical grade scrubs and they donated it to like hospitals. I mean, because oh, wow. they scrubs can be clean, so that's all right. Wow, that's mad. And credit to mm. the um, NHS workers who are really thinking outside of the box to source all of the necessary equipment because they don't have enough. The, you know, protective personal equipment, PPE, is uh, inadequate in my opinion because uh, the face mask is not up to standard or uh, WHO standard. As well as, you know, the gloves and the full body protection. In the NHS, the PPE is just disposable gloves that goes up to your wrist, uh, not like to your forearms, as well as is a surgical mask, not the standard N95 mask with just a, p- a flimsy plastic apron. Right, and yeah. And that's personal protection. How about for people in the general public? I haven't seen that many people wearing masks in the area that I live in. What about for you? There could be two factors. They can't get their hands on masks because they're completely sold out or people are selling them at extortionate prices. Because of that, they're rationalising the mask they have and they might just keep it in case one of them are sick and wearing it. So they'll prevent further transmission of um, any pathogen or like viral uh, diseases. The only thing I've seen people wear just disposable gloves but even that is not as protective because I've seen a few people still touching their face with disposable gloves as well as you know eating crisp (laughs) with the gloves on it defeats the purpose but maybe their hands were dirty which is why they put clean gloves on so that they could eat the crisp without worrying about the other germs that they've picked up on their hands I mean they they could just wash their hands instead of wasting gloves (laughs) they could touch anything with the gloves on like they could touch you know, let's say they're on public transport and public transport, it could be riddled with, you know, little microbes. They can be touching the chair, uh, the rails. Then after that, they'll touch the phone. You spread to the phone and touch the face. And what are the chances of them of, uh, you know, changing the gloves? And one other problem with disposable gloves is that people don't dispose of them correctly because you can see the streets lit with gloves now. How are you supposed to dispose of them? So dispose them in the bin instead oh, right. of the streets. <laughs> okay, not anything special. I'm surprised that people are throwing it in the street. You clearly live in some dead yeah, ends where people exactly. have no respect. <laughs> but the way how you should dispose it is that you take one glove off, like scrunch it into a ball, hold it into the hand that has, still has a glove on, then remove that glove. Right. So that ball is inside the glove. So you don't actually touch the outside of the glove. You don't actually you touch the outside of the glove. Makes yes. Sense. Yeah. Is that something that they teach you when you study? At uni. It's just common sense, basically. People should oh, okay, know that, never yeah. mind. Do you actually wear like masks and gloves like when you're working as a pharmacist? So the guidelines of face masks, they don't provide that much protection. However, in the place I'm working at, they say you cannot use any mask because there's a limited amount of mask. You should only use it when there's a suspected case of COVID-19 in your pharmacy. I find, in a sense, right and bad. Well, wrong. Um, because how am I meant to protect the public if I can't protect myself? So what they're giving us is like a really flimsy see-through card or plastic to put on the shelf. But on the counter, there's like gaps that people talk into the gaps. I was like, 
no, you have to go around the screen and talk to me there before I can serve you. People don't really read the rules that we um are put on the window or put on the store, like such as I put up a sign saying that uh, we unfortunately have run out of paracetamol. People just miss that sign and just still ask and unnecessarily going into the pharmacy. I guess they're just trying whatever it is to make them feel better. And I'm surprised that so many people are buying paracetamol because I feel like that's something which a lot of people have anyway, like in their handbags or out there in their homes or medical cabinets. Mm. Plus, it doesn't actually help you to recover. It just helps to relieve your discomfort and pain. Am I yes, right? Yes. So one of the treatment recommendations for COVID-19 is paracetamol. It just it helps alleviate fever, any pains and aches. I feel like the UK government advice is pretty clear about how we need to stay home. And if you have COVID-19 symptoms, that you need to self-isolate. So why are people still going into the pharmacy? Yeah, sometimes they don't know what the symptoms are. I've had many people come in with the symptoms such as a cough, a sore throat, as well as no taste and no smell. It's quite dangerous because they pose a risk to the public. Sometimes they just don't read what's on the guidelines. They just they just want people to tell them what the guidelines are. Like I've had someone come in into the pharmacy to tell me how to take a dose of paracetamol. They gave me the box and the box wasn't from our store. I said, uh, you know, when you do buy a, a, a product, please read instructions on the box because all instructions are on there. He goes, oh, can't you just tell me instead of uh, instead of reading? So there are people who rather come in and ask a um, healthcare professional's advice on this. But they, they can always call us. Our phone lines are always free to help answer these queries. But like I said, they rather have someone tell them what to do instead of, you know, taking an initiative and read the guidelines themselves. Well, that must be really frustrating for you. And it seems like not only have your stores been more busy because of COVID-19 since mm. the start of the year, but then also because your colleagues, the other pharmacists are picking up potential symptoms and then they can no longer work. So it's not only are you more busy, but then you also have less staff and you're currently self-isolating, right? How come? Yes. So um, I'm living with my parents and one of them happens to have a cough. That's been persistent. So according to the government guidelines, if you're living with someone with those symptoms, you have to self-isolate. So I have to self-isolate for 14 days because I may have the, the virus in me. In the later stage, I might present the symptoms like seven days later. Hence why I need to self-isolate for 14 days. Whereas if you had the symptoms, you have to self-isolate for seven days because you might recover by then. Right, I see. That makes mm. sense. And it's really awful that customers are coming in and abusing the staff when you're just trying to do your job. Yes, yes. So there have been numerous reports where there's increased abuse against community pharmacists, all because increased waiting times, you know, a limited amount of people that goes in. People are very frustrated that the prescription is not ready yet because the doctors hasn't sent the prescriptions. You know, we may not have the stock at all because it might be like a very last minute request. Yeah, so there've been numerous reports of uh, increased abuse and now uh, people are not reinstating but reminding people that there's a law that passed in 2017 where anyone that abuses like emergency workers or frontline workers can actually be prosecuted. I don't know what, I can't remember what it was called but it was an act in 2017. So what is it for? It's um, basically you could get a fine or prosecuted if you abuse an emergency worker or a frontline worker. I misheard you. Oh, yeah. When you said prosecuted, I thought you said prostituted. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know this medical term. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I was confused. Yeah, but I, I've Anyways. seen <laughs> I, I've seen like abuse firsthand. Like when we were selling like hand gels, we sell one per customer. One person came and bought one. Five minutes later, they came back into the store to buy them, and they said, "Oh no, it's for my mother. My mother." But we told him, "We've seen this person come in." There's a one per person. Then he became really aggressive. Then he tried to talk to other customers to say, "Oh, could you buy me a hand gel?" There's like a two per limit. Then I had to remind everyone there's one per limit. Then he called me a snake. Yeah. Then luckily, one customer said, "I'm not buying it for you because it's it's a hand gel reserved for other customers," which is right to prevent the spread of COVID nineteen. Everyone needs to take precaution, so they need uh, protection as well. So it's not just for one person hoarding it; it's just for it's for everyone. Yeah, that's hard, but I guess a lot of people are just acting out of stress and fear. The his motivations for buying two is with good intentions. It's not to take mm. the hand sanitizer away from other people, but mm. to protect family member. So there's, there's, there's three things: so paracetamol, face masks, and hand sanitizer. They're the things that are being sold out. Yes, and the fourth one is vitamins. Vitamins are to boost、yeah. your immune system. Yeah. So particularly in vitamin C. Uh, because that's because there's some studies that show that it can increase immune your or boost your immune system. So that's been going out of stock. Is that like the Barocca dissolvables? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, uh, but they all go for the cheap brands. So that's all sold out. But the only, I think the only vitamin I recommend is just vitamin D because if you're self isolating, you're not gonna get that much sunlight, and、uh, there's plenty of vitamin D in stock. I've never had vitamin D supplements, but I actually have some like、mm. vitamin C dissolvables. But、mm. I left them at work because the working from home situation happened so quickly. I didn't really think about it, and they're just there on my desk in London, collecting dust.、Um, and I don't have well, any at home, but they taste yeah, bomb. Yeah, well, you get most of your you know vitamins from your fruits and veg. I mean, I remember you sent me a post or like a little snap of your your fridge being full of broccoli. So, oh my god! Yeah, so broccoli <laughs> is actually. Has a lot of vitamin C, so you're, you're sorted. <laughs> yeah. Is it? I, I wouldn't have guessed that. I thought it would have been like oranges. Oh no, that's a misconception. Yeah, so broccoli has more vitamin C than、um, oranges. Hey, the more you know. I actually ate some broccoli yesterday. So yeah, good. You're boosting your immune system. <laughs> And the snap that Jimmy mentioned is from about a month ago now, where my sister did an online order for groceries. This was. When you could still get delivery slots, so we sort of got in before the big rush. This was before the government restrictions got to where they are now. And my sister accidentally ordered twenty-one heads of broccoli. <laughs> wow, twenty-one. <laughs> so yeah, it was just a typo, and then when it arrived, we were like, "Oh my gosh, how are we gonna eat all this?" But we did, you know. Over the next three weeks, we basically ate one broccoli head per day for three weeks. How big is your family again? Is that、like、five people, right? There's five people in my household, but only four of us here at home now. You guys ate a lot of broccoli in those three weeks. <laughs> that is a lot of broccoli. Wait, if you think about it, there's four people in my household eating two full meals a day. Wait, you said two full meals? Yeah, lunch and dinner. Or breakfast. <laughs> but as in, I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't eat broccoli for breakfast. But I mean, do do you? You know, I'm not going to、mm-hmm. judge. So yeah, like that's actually not that much broccoli.、Mm. When you split it down into like each portion, how much broccoli do you think you could eat in one sitting without being sick? Without being sick,、uh, probably one head of broccoli is enough for me. But what if you really pushed yourself? I reckon I could eat quite a lot. Probably two heads. Nah, it depends on how on how you cook them. If it was like plain boiled, oh no, I can't、sauce. do that. No, I I need some seasoning. I I'd rather、no. have it like boiled. <laughs> 
Well, I think having it plain is actually better. It is, yeah. So you don't cook up any nutritional value. You must eat raw broccoli. <laughs> I didn't say it's raw. It is cooked. Mm-hmm. I'm just well. I just tried to get my sister to do like you know these YouTuber style challenges where it's like eat the most broccoli, and the, the person who can eat the most broccoli wins a thousand pounds. Wow, <laughs> I got a, a, a broccoli <laughs> eating contest. Yeah, I think I'll be pretty good at that. I do like broccoli, but not that much. Not not to the point of twenty one. Twenty one heads. No, <laughs> okay, I can't imagine that. Well, I can. You bought twenty one heads. <laughs> Well, I guess it was kind of a, a blessing in disguise that my sister ordered so much because maybe it's boosted all of my family's immune system. Yeah. With all the vitamin C. So no one in my family, no one in my household has got sick so far. Mm. So thank you to the 21 heads of broccoli. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> yep. Keep up with your, you know, five a day. That's what you need. You mentioned how people have been quite abusive um, to pharmacy staff when mm. they come into the store. What do you wish people knew about pharmacies? Yeah, I mean, what people with, with emotions, like, I, I remember when I first started pharmacy, like, this is way before, I think 2017, when I was just a pre-registration pharmacist, a person was asking for the prescription. I was like, okay, let me find it. Got the prescription, gave them the stuff. They looked through the bag and they were like, where's my medication? Where's my happy pills? And this is like my first encounter of, of, of abuse. I was like really shocked and like, I was like, all, all shook up. I was like, oh. I think over the years of, of that abuse, it just numbed me. What was your question again? Sorry, I, I lost track. <laughs> what, what do you wish the general public knew about pharmacies? Um, okay, so pharmacy is just more than sticking labels on the box. We do clinical checks for you to make sure it's the correct dose for you. We can actually provide you some information about your minor ailments. We do have some clinical knowledge. Uh, it does take time for your prescription to be prepared. Uh, so hence why you have to wait like five or ten minutes and five minutes is quite quick because there are numerous steps to it it's more than just sticking a label on on a box we are you know healthcare professions and we don't claim to be pretend doctors that many people say we are we have clinical knowledge and we like to use those, those clinical knowledge to help the public doing our bit you know how you know how across the uk at 8 p.m mm-hmm. on thursdays since COVID started, people have been going outside to clap for NHS workers. Yes. Do you include pharmacists in that group? Uh, of course, include pharmacists because they're essential workers. We go out and actually help the community. Um, we're risking our lives going in public, going to work to get your repeat prescription in time. As well as, you know, there's multiple pharmacies across the field. There's those in the clinical trials, those in hospital, those in uh, was it the prison pharmacies, the mental ward pharmacies and the hospice uh, pharmacies as well. They're all doing a bit to, you know, to uh, keep in check or manage the patients they're caring for. Mm. From all the stories that you've told me over the last couple of weeks, but also in this conversation today, it kind of makes me scared of going to the pharmacy. It's like, if I needed something, I wouldn't want to actually go. So it depends on what you need. Just give a call to the pharmacy to see what they have. Like, if it's like a non-essential item, don't bother going to the pharmacy but if it's like medication then yes but like i said just call the pharmacy just in case but most pharmacies now have a limit of amount of customers that come in i remember going to into one pharmacy that's local to me they have there's a really small pharmacy so they have a sign out one customer um, at a time for social distancing so if people follow those rules then you'll be okay in the pharmacy as long as you're like two meters away from from the person. I I suggest just one person in your household to go at a time to prevent any further spread. But most people should by by now know, you know, the two meter rule. Some people don't follow it at all, which 
kind of, you know, makes me worry about this whole situation. I'm the person in my family who's going out and doing the grocery shops now. And I finally understand how shit it is for my mum because I go out, go through the whole process of queuing up and the stress of making sure I don't bring germs back to my house. And then like my family eat a lot as well, especially mm. now we're all here and eating all of our meals at home. So it's quite a lot of money. And then I get home and then my younger sisters immediately are like, why didn't you buy this? Why didn't you buy this? You got this. And I finally understand how shit it is for my mum, who has done probably thousands of grocery shops yeah. over the years. Um, does your family ever spray you down before coming in? <laughs> They've never sprayed me down. I remember seeing some of those videos from like airport reunions and stuff yeah. where the parents are like, quick, quick. Although when I come home, like every single time I've come home over the last month, my mum will like be covering her mouth and immediately tell me to go wash my hands and I'm like I'm gonna yeah. do that anyway <laughs> I know you don't need to stay yeah, in that I, um, I remember I, I went out to get uh, my little brother's medication from a local pharmacy and my mum was like Re- uh, remember to change your clothes so I was like okay fine so I wore like really old clothes went out went back in changed the clothes already and took a shower <laughs> yeah I've been doing that as well yeah but, but my parents what, they, what they've been doing since we get post they got like a spray bottle by the door. So whenever we get letters, she sprays the whole letter. It's like, it's like all soaking wet. I was like, oh. Is that <laughs> we like to wait for it to, to, antibacterial? To dry now. Um, yeah, antiseptic, yeah. yeah. My mom's doing that as well. She's actually like washing the groceries outside the house before they come in. Mm. And whenever we get um, delivery, she asks us to not touch it for three days. Three days. Including letters. Apparently 72 hours is what it takes for germs to die on hard services. Well, we're not, we're not so sure about that because they can, you know, live in, you know, for quite, for, for quite a long time. What if you got like, you know, frozen goods? Um, well, we haven't really been getting that much food delivered, but when we do get food delivered or brought into the house, my mum will clean them before putting them in the fridge and the freezer. That's all right then, yeah. 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 Although I got a big box of Easter chocolates delivered in mid-April and I couldn't wait to open them. And I was like really slowly opening the box so that my mum wouldn't hear me and immediately come and shout at me. And I was like, I'm going to wash my hands, I promise. I just can't wait. I need to get yeah. chocolate. Um, I missed out the whole clearance of the Easter chocolate because I'm self-isolating. I can't buy anything. Oh, <laughs> uh, you don't have any chocolate stocks at home? Well, I, I do, but they're not like reduced products. And, you know, reduced products taste much better because it's... <laughs> saving money on your wallet (laughs) you know what you should get you should get a delivery from your local chinese supermarket because that's what we did my mum sent Mm. an email to the chinese supermarket we normally go to and they delivered the next day so within 24 hours we had a full delivery of like frozen dumplings and like asian snacks wow um maybe i should find the email for my local asian shop if they're still open hopefully it should be. Yeah, find out if they're still working because if they're still getting mm. stock in, and then you could be eating still my. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm missing um, the dim sum, the quarantine blues are cut hitting in. Missing going out eating. That's the best thing ever. You missing your bubble tea? I know you love yeah, bubble tea. Yeah, yeah. I, I miss. I'm, I'm resorting to making my own bubble tea now. I've ran out of boba pearls now. I have to make them from scratch now. How on earth do you make boba from scratch, like tapioca? Uh, well, I've seen recipes online, you know, subtle Asian tricks. They've been posting these recipes, so yeah, I, I might follow those. There's a YouTube tutorial for everything. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, during this whole pandemic, since we're all staying home, I've just been learning new skills, like, you know, making new things, being more creative. Uh, so it's like, it's kind of a blessing in disguise. It's, you take more care of yourself during these times. 
Yeah, I've been using this time prior to um, do things that I want to do as well, rather than I think normally mm. I'm like quite stretched between different social expectations and work events. And it is really nice to have that downtime mm. where I don't have everything scheduled for weeks in advance. It's quite refreshing. And I like your positive energy. Mm. That's good. <laughs> in times like this, you have to stay positive. The more negative thoughts, you know, I think it does affect your immune system, like how it, uh, on uh, on your mood, because um, the amount of stress hormones comes out and, and actually affects your immune system. Right, yeah, so if you're stressed, you're more vulnerable, yes. but if you're stressing about not being stressed, it's going to make you more stressed, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it depends on the circumstances, just um, do what sparks you joy. Alright, Marie Kondo. That's my saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good saying, do things that spark you joy, that like this interview sparks me joy. <laughs> Is it? Oh, well, thanks yeah. for coming on. I appreciate it. As I said, I really mm-hmm. like your positive energy. And I think it's exactly what we need at this time. I don't really like mm-hmm. the idea of everyone. Like, oh, there's been a lot of like social shaming, a lot of people snitching on their neighbours, making assumptions about where they're going mm-hmm. and whether or not their work is essential. But actually, in this time, we really need to be coming together, building that community spirit. Exactly. And, yeah. Mean, this all sounds a bit moist, but I really believe it. Yeah. But if you can stick through this time, well we'll have a good 2020 <laughs> oh, i think 2020 is a write-off i don't think it's going to be that great and you know that it's going to be sunny during lockdown but the second that lockdown finishes it's going to be shit weather it'll be shit weather but we'll be free we'll be free dancing in the rain <laughs> i don't know about that clubs will be open isn't it? so it'll be fine <laughs> i honestly think that bars and clubs are going to be the last to be opened and when they are open i don't know if it's a good idea to go i might be staying at home in a blanket at 8 p.m i I, um i saw something about a poll where only nine percent of people who took the poll would rather go out or wants to go out so the remaining what is it 91 percent likes to stay home well we say this now but when the bars do open i'm going to be having severe fomo like fear of missing out if my friends are going out i want to be going out i think it's going to be a really legendary night out especially because I haven't really been drinking during this lockdown. So I'm going to be so lightweight. It's going to be fun, messy. Oh, yeah, same, <laughs> same. Yeah, I'll probably be in the same position. I'll, I'll give it some time before going out. Probably catching up with old friends. That's it. What do you do during quarantine? Oh, the same as you. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly the kind of boring conversations that I've been having with people. Because I know that if I ask them about their day, it's going to be the same as the day before. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm now an avid Animal Crossing player now because of uh, isolation. I've just been playing that, making my little town. Oh, it's, it's my way of escaping reality. Because that in, in that game, I, I'm actually outside. Yeah, and I think people are saying the same thing about like Sims 4. Because they're not having any social mm. life, they're not able to work, they're not able to uh, go outside, but then they can live their entire life through a sim. Yeah, the life is simulation, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> as long as things can keep you occupied during these times, then go for it. It prevents people from going out, so that's a positive note about it. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I'm going to turn into those humans from Wooly. You know the movie Wooly, where all the humans are. Oh yes, yes, yes. Very, very. Yeah, they're all people, in their yeah. like portable recliner chairs. They don't know how to walk. They just stare at screens, and that's how they communicate with people. That's what I feel like I'm turning into. There's too many Zoom calls, and all I'm doing is talking to people mm. through a screen. <laughs> I mean, have you ever thought about this? Like every Zoom call you have, just screenshot so you can see your face day Changing. by day. <laughs> see how it changes every day. 
In a, in a good way or a bad way? Like, the quarantine change. You never know. Some people could be... Yeah. You know what? I don't think it'll be that drastic for me because I don't mm. really have any, like, strict beauty routines that I'm not able to do now. I'm mm. not going to have a crazy haircut coming out of this like a lot of people are. No. So I don't think my face no. will change but I know, that much. I know some people who, like, shave their own head off, like, that entire head. Yeah. When are you going to do that? Well, I don't need to because I learned how to cut my own hair now. Hey, well done. That's one of the skills you've learned out of yeah, lockdown. Exactly. One of the new skills, like when I first cut my hair, it was really hard getting the back because um, I have to wear glasses or I'm blind. So <laughs> when I'm looking at the mirror, I'm like very face up. So you're really close to the mirror, but then you still need to wear your glasses. I still can't see shit without glasses. <laughs> I need to buy contacts now, even though I'm like really scared of contacts. How come? Can't you get them from your pharmacy? But, you know, at times like this, can't get contacts at all. All right, before we wrap up, Jimmy, thank you so much again for coming on this mm -hmm. podcast. And especially, I think it's a good way to spend your self-isolation. It's a really important job being a pharmacist. And a lot of people aren't recognising how important it is as part of our health service. Do you have any words of positive energy and motivation for other frontline workers? Keep doing it. Keep going. Even though you feel the pressure, well, one step closer, you know, to defeating this. Even though it feels like we're taking two steps forward and one step back. It's still a step forward to, you know, to overcoming this uh, pandemic. Well, that is motivational. Mm -hmm. And on that note, thank you so much again, Jimmy. I really appreciate no it. No Thanks for having me. Always love your pharmacy anecdotes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Enjoy the rest of your self-isolation. Speak to thank you soon. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Bye. Enjoy your broccoli. Bye. <laughs> Bye. listening to this episode of yellow bee pod i hope you enjoyed the interview um, it was really great to sit down with my mate jimmy and ask him about his experience as a pharmacist particularly during the pandemic and we also spoke about things like the stockpiling and grocery shopping and all the things that lots of us have been dealing with over the last couple of months i really admire the work that different frontline workers are doing across all the different roles they're all important for keeping our healthcare going in the uk and it's also important to note that a lot of essential workers don't necessarily work directly with patients. They might not even work in healthcare, but their jobs are just as important. I think being a pharmacist, Jimmy has to work with the general public when they're at their most scared, most stressed, most worried. And, and that can mean that he ends up in some tough situations. He actually shared with me after the interview, and I should know that he's happy for me to share this, that he has sort of anxiety-filled dreams about healthcare, about being a pharmacist. So he actually has nightmares from his work as a pharmacist. And I think we can all be a little bit kinder, even if we're feeling stressed and worried and scared ourselves when we go into hospitals and into pharmacies. Because the people behind the counter and the people helping our loved ones are real people as well who have their own stresses and their own worries. So huge shout out to any key workers, essential workers who might be listening to this. Huge credit to you for the hard work that you're putting in um, during the COVID-19 pandemic. If you have any experiences of your own, um, whether that's about being an essential worker or stockpiling stories or grocery shopping struggles, I would love to hear that as well. So drop us a message. I would love to speak to you. You can contact me on Twitter or Instagram at yellowbeepod or over email, uh, which is yellowbeepod at gmail.com. So yeah, get in touch. Got another episode coming out in a few days. So I hope that you're following us on Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. Don't miss the next episode of Yellow Bee Pod. Thank you. Bye.